Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, big welcome, and uh, I'm really excited about this morning. I'm excited about every morning, but uh, I just got to say it every single time. I am really pumped about this morning because we are going to eliminate or I should say extinguish something this morning that really needs to be extinguished. And I've called this morning's message, Extinguishing Excuses. Well, a couple of people get excited about that. Hopefully you're going to get excited before the end of this message. We're in a, a series, I think this is number six that I've preached, called Faith Formation. And that is how faith is formed on the inside of you. I'd say it this way, faith is an inside job. Uh, don't look for somebody else to do it. The preacher can't do it for you. The church can't do it. It's, it's an inside job, and it means if it's going to happen, it's got to start on the inside. Now, the dynamics of faith, and we touched on this last week, and I just want to recap just briefly. I called last week's message Irresistible, uh, and that we looked at what is it that makes you irresistible to God? You know, sometimes babies are irresistible, chocolate's irresistible, some people just can't keep their mitts out of the donut shop, hello, Krispy Kremes or whatever, here out in Kenilworth, they got the best donuts, and they got the best donuts in, in a lot of places, but, you know, what is it that you find irresistible? Well, God finds you irresistible when you're walking in faith. There's nothing, however, if you're not walking in faith, you're not trusting God, therefore, you're not that irresistible to God. The dynamic of faith being formed in you starts with the seed. The seed is the Word of God. And I said this last week, I'll say it again. The seed is searching for some soil. And the next thing that, the, that uh, in the dynamic, if you will, the recipe for faith is a seed. And the next thing is soil, which is your heart. The seed of God's word wants to get deeply embedded into your heart so then it can grow. However, without water, that seed is not going to grow. And that water is uh, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God on the inside of you, wants to take the seed of his word that he plants on the inside of you and water that thing and give you the power to see whatever it is that he spoke to you come to pass. That's pretty exciting stuff. But there's one other element to the, uh, the whole uh, uh, avenue of faith or faith formation that if this is not right, then none of this is going to happen. And that is the temperature in the natural. You can take a citrus seed, plant it in, in the Antarctic, and it's not going to grow because it's not the right temperature or the right climate. The climate is faith. The climate is the temperature that you set in your heart to actually believe whatever it is that God spoke uh, into you to let that go into your heart and then to believe that enough to act on that, to trust God enough to act on that, that's called faith. There is something, and this is what we're talking about this morning with extinguishing excuses, uh, that stops the whole process from taking place. The temperature will never be right. It'll always be cold and, and not the right temperature if you don't have faith. And the thing that stops that, quite frankly, for most of us, is excuses. Have you ever met somebody that had so many excuses? I mean, I don't know if, you've, if you're a boss or, or a school teacher, perhaps, or a parent <laughs> or a child, if you fit into any category in life. Don't you hate it when people give you excuses for things? There's nothing worse than you're expecting something to get done, 
uh, you're expecting uh, uh, your child to do their homework, perhaps, or uh, you're, you're, if you're a child and you hear uh, somebody's uh, uh, parents that don't deliver uh, what they promised, they don't hang out with you like they said, they're too busy or whatever, or, or you're a boss, you've got things that you just, you just expect, you require, they're getting paid for a job, and, and yet they got all these excuses. I, I don't know, I hate that, I don't know about you, but how much more does God hate that? When God gives us instruction, he illuminates through his word. He gives us something that we can chew on. He gives us his, he sows his word and, and our ideas light up. We, it's like, wow, I never saw that before. And, and all of a sudden now we know what to do because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so God shows us something that we could do to step out. Maybe it's to take uh, uh, and invest your money somehow. Maybe it's to walk across the, the driveway and meet your neighbor. Maybe it's to go visit somebody in the hospital or, or, you know, the list goes on and on. Lots of creative ideas come through the word of God, but our excuses get in the way. We just have all these excuses. I, I hate excuses, but how does God feel, do you think, about the excuses that come up? God so much, he so loves you, and, and he wants you to have the best life. He really wants you to have an adventure out of this whole thing. It's the most exciting thing, walking by faith, but it's the kill joy. It's the thing that stuffs it up for most of us, quite frankly, is just one excuse after another. Our excuses go something like this. Oh, well... I would, but, oh, well, I would, but I'm too old. Uh, I would, oh, well, I would, but uh, I'm too young. Oh, well, I would, but I'm a woman. Oh, well, I would, but I'm a man. Oh, well, I would, but, 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 oh, well. Faith wants to move you from your well, oh, well, to God's well. He wants to take you from a place where you run out of your well, where you're sitting on your, your butt, uh, on the well, oh yeah, well, but he, he wants to take you to get your butt off of that well and realize that there's a well on the inside of you that is gushing up. That's the water part of the whole equation of faith. God has a, a mighty, mighty Holy Spirit that he's placed on the inside of you if you're a believer that wants to move something. Now, I've discovered this about water and water again as a type of the Holy Spirit. I've discovered this about water. Water always finds a way. I don't know if you've ever had a leaky roof. I don't know if you've ever had something that leaks and it rains. And water will always find a way through. I used to do uh, roofing, one of my summer jobs during my college days, university days. Uh, I remember we did a plant, a uh, fender factory in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where I went to college. And, uh, you know, it was, it was brutal. It was the middle of summer. It was blistering hot and climbing up on that roof. And, you know, we had tar. I had, I'd covered myself with tar. Then I have to go to night classes to, you know, study accounting, that type of thing. And, and, if, and if we didn't do the job right, as soon as it rained, the boss would get the phone call, and back we'd go with the ladders and the tar and the trucks and hauling stuff up these ladders on top of that factory. And every single place that we went to, the worst thing is, man, I hope when it rains, I really hope that that thing is, is not going to leak because it took us, you know, all that time and all that money and all in the, and that blistering heat and everything else. And, and, and one of the factories they're making guitars, it was a Fender factory, guitar factory, actually. This is back in the uh, 70s. And, uh, you know, all those guitars are going to get wiped out because water will always find a way. 
God's water will always find a way to make it happen. God is for you. He's not, he's not, he's not there opposing you. He's not your enemy. It's get off your well of excuses and, and, and start to trust God. And you'll find that God wants to work with you. Jesus met this woman at the well in John chapter 4, just a brief recap, but it says that he had to go through Samaria, and he's with his disciples, and he gets to this town called Sychar. Sychar means the end. It's the, kind of the end of the road for some people, and he meets this Samaritan woman there. His disciples go off to get something to eat, and this woman's there, and she's got a bucket or something to draw water out of the well. Jesus is thirsty, so he says, hey, give me, give me a drink. And she goes, you are asking me for a drink? Do you realize I'm a woman and I'm a Samaritan? You don't ask a woman and a Samaritan for a drink, you being a Jew. Every excuse not to do that. Jesus had every reason not to ask her for that because he's not supposed to be talking with a woman and a Samaritan, but he asked her for a drink. And then she goes, well, you know, why, why would you even do that? That, that? That's crazy. And then he goes, if you knew who I am, you would ask. He says, you would not only ask me for a drink, but, you know, but not, uh, he would, you would ask me to give you something to drink, and I would give you living water that flows out, uh, uh, a living well, and, and that's the well that God placed on the inside of you if you only knew who you're asking. And then after the woman, uh, you know, the encounter with the woman, she goes back to her village. She wants to tell everybody. The disciples show up with the food. Uh, Jesus says, man, uh, they go, aren't you hungry? Like all these people start coming out of the village to meet this man that the woman went back and broadcasted to because she's now got a testimony. Listen to this about your testimony. Your testimony, will always, your, your faith will always lead you to a testimony. If you're not getting a testimony, it's because you're not operating in faith. If you're not asking God for something so big seriously that it causes a little bit of a, oh man, takes your breath away, then, then God's not probably telling you to do it. Of course it's gonna cause you a little bit of like, oh, I don't know about this. Uh, you know, a little bit of anticipation, uh, maybe take your breath away, go talk to the neighbor or go and, uh, you know, uh, give somebody something, some money, or help somebody along. I was talking to a guy uh, yesterday at a birthday party, and uh, he had helped a friend. He lived in Dubai, and he helped this friend that he, that he met over there. The guy said, I want to go to church. And he goes, okay, I'll, I'll come and I'll pick you up. The guy comes to church just like this. He gets saved, gives his heart to the Lord, and then he wants to, uh, he's a, a, a of another faith, his name is Muhammad, and uh, so, you know, it's a big deal because he got saved, and, and he goes, I, I, I got to get out of here, I'm going to get killed because of that, so he needed some money, my friend didn't really have the money, but he gave him 10 grand to get himself and his family out of there and to uh, relocate, so long story short, the guy relocates to Denmark, I think it was, him and his family, and serving God there, an amazing testimony anyway. But, you know, when God asked my friend to take that kind of money and give it to somebody like that, it just took his, his breath away, like, wow. But he's got a testimony out of that because he stepped out and operated on faith. If it's not causing your knees to buckle a bit, it's probably not from God. It really, if somebody said this, they said, if what you're asking for uh, doesn't make you a little bit uh, scared, so to speak, then it's probably insulting to God. God's going to ask you to do things 
for which you are going to find legitimate, reasonable, so to speak, excuses not to do it. If you do that, you will never get a testimony because a test of faith always leads to a testimony. Do you understand that? The best things that have happened to me in life, the stories that I can tell, they always came with a test. They were always something that I had reasonable, that most people would say reasonable excuses not to do it. But thank God. And Jesus says in John chapter 4 and verse 35, he says this, he says, uh, you have a saying. He says that it's four months until the harvest. Uh, you know, pretty big saying for them to have. It's four months until the harvest is what they're all talking about. And, uh, and Jesus, I'll just read this for you. It might come up on the screen. Listen to this. Don't you have a saying, he says, in other words, uh, it's four months until the harvest. You've got an excuse. You've always got this excuse on your lips why you're not going to step out and do what I tell you to do. I tell you, <laughs> open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. This woman, she encounters Jesus. He says to her, go get your husband. She says, oh, uh, well, I don't actually have a husband. You're right, you've had five, and the guy you're with now isn't your husband. Hello? She's tried everything to fulfill the desire in her life, and he reads her newspaper, not to condemn her, God's not into that, but to challenge her to wake up, that whatever it is that you've been drawing from that well, it's not working for you. Kind of like what uh, Dr. Phil says. You know, anybody watch Dr. Phil? A few of you, okay, Dr. Phil, psychologist, has a TV show, or at least he did have a TV show. He gets somebody on there. You know, they, they could be anything from uh, somebody that's killed somebody, that's, you know, done a whole lot of bad stuff, and he interviews them. And, and uh, you know, he's had all these people on there. Anyways, when they argue with him about what is, is really logic, and, and, and he is a man of God, he always says this to him when they argue with him. He always goes, well, how's that working for you? How's it working? I've had people, seriously, that I've seen over many, many years, and they're never getting ahead. They're just always struggling, and they've got one excuse after another. And I try to share, you know, you try to share uh, wisdom with them. You try to share something out of the Bible, God's Word with them, and they argue, 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 and you just got to stop and go, well, how's that working for you anyway? I gotta ask you that question this morning. How, how is it working for you? If you've been playing it safe, I gotta ask that question, how's that working for you? Life pretty exciting, is it? Anybody want an adventure of a lifetime? Then walk by faith. Let faith form in your heart. Extinguish the excuses. They're just dumb excuses. Take your faith to a whole nother level. Jesus didn't call us to survive. Jesus did not call you to hang on. Jesus did not call you to survive. Jesus did not call you just to take it easy and, and, and try to cling to, to, to your security in life. I, I like what General MacArthur said during World War II. He was five-star general in charge of the Pacific uh, Theater. There, there's mass casualties. I mean, so many young people, young men dying, and, and it's war. It's bad. And, and people are going to their deaths. And he said this. He says, in life, Middle of the war. He goes, in life, there's no such thing as security. There's only opportunity. With faith, there is no such thing as security. 
There's only opportunity. Will you take it? John, 1 John 5, 4 says this. It says, for everyone born of God. I, I would surmise that almost everybody in this room is born of God, born of God, born again. You're saved, so to speak. If you're not, you'll have an opportunity at the end. If you're watching online, you'll have an opportunity. But you ask yourself this question, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Are you born of God? Then listen to this. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our Faith. God didn't call you to survive, play it secure, play it safe. He didn't call you to survive the world. He called you to overcome the world. He's looking for followers. See, unbelief eliminates expectation. That's what unbelief is really good at coming up with excuses to eliminate expectation. That's what atheism does. Well, what does atheism do? Eliminates the thought of judgment or being accountable for your decisions in life, we'd call that sin or whatever, but bad decisions, your, your, your conduct in life. It, atheism elim, eliminates judgment by eliminating the judge and saying there is no judge. Well, there is no God. Therefore, guess what? I can do whatever I want. Well, nice try, but there still is a judge. His name is God. Uh, he happens to be in our favor because his son took the judgment. If that's why it's the good news, uh, Jesus Christ came to save the world by taking it. A a anybody that's got half a brain would, would accept him into their, their life. God, God came to save you, but he didn't come to save you so that you could just live secure and just survive. He came so that you could overcome, so that you could go out now and conquer all those things that are plagues on society and eliminate the excuses that are in your life that have mounted up to stop you through unbelief. No expectation, no responsibility. Oh, don't we like that? I don't expect anything. Therefore, I don't have any responsibility. Therefore, I'm not going to step out and exercise this thing called faith. Well, you'll never, ever skirt past this and follow Jesus because he's always going to ask you to do something that's going to take you right out of your little world of comfort into his big world where you need to rely on him. You have to trust him. If God doesn't show up, it's not going to come to pass. That's faith. That's what faith does. So if what you're believing for isn't challenging you, it's probably not from God. The woman said in John 4, 15, she said, Sir, give me this water so that I don't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Now, faith is your access to that well. The woman was going physically to a well to get that water. She, if she didn't go to the well, she didn't get anything to drink. The beauty about the well of God or the fountain of God, it's on the inside of you. He places that on the inside of you so that you only have to look inside to where God's spirit is and you can get the biggest drink that you want. If anybody thirsts, he says in, in John 7, if anyone thirsts, let them come after me and I will give them out of their belly, out of their innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That, it says, he said concerning the Spirit of God, which was on the inside of him. Water, water's only stopped by our excuses. You know, I, Gail and I had uh, 
uh, a house up in Budroom for many, many years. It was a fixer-upper. If you watch these renovation shows, I don't like watching them because it brings back nightmares of, of this house that we renovated back in Budroom, which is on a hill. And uh, I've learned something. If you're going to buy a house, don't buy it on the downside of the hill. Get it on top of the hill because water runs down the hill. Now, we could not stop that water. I tried everything from stopping the water from getting into our lounge room. And I remember uh, we didn't have a lot of money, and I thought, well, we're going to hire a plumber to do all the plumbing and everything for the house, and uh, we didn't have that kind of money. So I'm trying to waterproof this lounge room, which would turn into a swimming pool whenever it would rain. The thing would just flood. All the carpet get wiped out. So it's like, oh, we got this beautiful carpet. Now it's a mess. Trying to dry all that out. Heaters in there, towels. It was just like, it just went on and on and on. So I went on the other side of the wall, dug a huge ditch, you know, got down in there, man. I went way below where the foundation was for the wall. And I put bitumen or, or you know, tar all over that. I did everything you could possibly imagine. Put drainage away from the wall and all of that. Then I did the plumbing. I did the plumbing myself. I did it with a PVC, kind of a plastic pipe plumbing system that clipped together, put all that in the walls, and I thought, this is good, job done, problem solved. Well, two things happened. It rained, and I found out that my waterproof job didn't work. And then the second thing is the, is the PVC pipe in, in the wall, the plumbing system that I put in burst. And so I had like a double whammy going on. I had water coming out of the wall, and I had, over time, that thing just kept flooding. I was so over it. I could not stop that, no matter what I did. It just was not, I could not fix that leak. And sometimes God wants to just flood your spirit that way by, on purpose because you're so dry, but we're looking for water from the outside to, to quench our thirst, to fill us, we're looking for something on the outside. God, give me faith out here. Oh, God, you know, out here somehow let me grab a hold of, uh, of faith. Faith is on the inside. Faith is, faith is because of that word that God spoke into your heart. And the, the light, the entrance of God, God's word brings light. So you got, got illuminated. All of a sudden, like your, your, your mind's eye lit up. You could see yourself doing something. You got excited about it, but then... There's just no water going on in the inside. And so that dry and thirsty place led you to withdraw and not to step out, not to speak out, not to invest, not to give, not to whatever it is that God showed you to do. There's a difference between a well you go to and a well flowing through you. Jeremiah 2.13 says this. It says, my people have committed two sins. Two sins. They have forsaken me, and listen, listen to who he calls himself. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. That's the first one. They don't have that living water flowing through them. They've they've shut the well. They've They've, they've plugged up the well. The enemy has plugged up the well. There's no, there's no water on the inside, so they're going after water from other things. Listen to this. And they have the spring of water. They have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Gail and I went to Israel a few years back, and uh, we went to Masada. 
which was like a fortress built by the Romans and uh, the Roman emperor of that region. He, he, it's in the middle of like a desert area. It's a big plateau, kind of a mountain. I don't know if you've been there before, but uh, you know, water's one thing that you've got to have. It's the thing that they're searching for, satellites. They're sending you know, uh, satellites to land on asteroids. They're planets. They're looking for one thing. One thing that definitely life will, will not survive without, that's water. And out in the middle of this desert on that plateau called Masada, which is a place they go to where they actually had this big siege, the Jews ended up up there. It's quite uh, uh, historically significant, almost a sacred place for, for uh, Jews and for Israel. And, and they had these giant cisterns, these big tanks that they built, the Romans did, that would hold, I don't know how many thousands of, of liters or gallons of, of water. But we have dug, he says here, you have dug cisterns, your own cisterns, broken cisterns that won't hold any water. See, instead of turning to the living spring, the well, and, and, and we've got our excuses, we've got these cisterns of water that are broken, the cistern of the lust of money. Oh, money. That's, if I just had more money, then I would be secure. I could live comfortably. Well, what about what God asks you to do with the money? Oh, forget about that, because I'll, I'll have an excuse for that one. What, what if God calls you to be jealous? No, you're going to be generous. Oh, you know, what about seek first the kingdom of God? That cistern of money will never satisfy. It's a broken cistern. Look, in, look at anybody that's got lots of it. They got a lot of problems. Just turn on the news, you'll see. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having that, but that's never meant to satisfy you. It's never meant to replace the well that's on the inside of you, which is the spirit of the living God. Or, or sex. You know, people are looking for, oh, yeah, sex. If I, you know, if I could just get more sex, that cistern is broken. It's never going to satisfy you. You're never going to get enough of it or meaningful stuff. It's, it's fantastic in the, in the uh, confines of, of marriage or the realm of marriage, but it's not a cistern. It's a broken cistern. If that's going to replace the, the well of God on the inside of or, or success, cisterns of success. Oh, I could, if I could just be somebody, if I could just be famous, it's a broken cistern. People are looking for cisterns. The cistern of religion. Ah, oh, it's, it's where I'm going to go to the well all the time through a set of religious format or a, a formula for God instead of a relationship with the living God. And so it's going to that well all the time, religiously going to the well and, and not realizing the well is on the inside of you. That's a broken cistern, all of that. And God, God wants us just to go and ask. He says this, if you would have known who I am, you would have asked me. Do you know that word ask in the Bible? It says in one place, it says you have not because you ask not. In James, I think it is. He says, ask and you will receive. It's such a potent word. It's such a powerful word. It actually means this. It means to place a demand on a supply. 
It's not demanding God. You're not, you know, going to tell God what to do. But when God tells you something and God places within you an idea that spurs faith, but you've got your excuses and you back off of that, you're denying God the opportunity to move on your behalf. You're also, like I said, you've, you've short-circuited something called a testimony, which would be liberating and freeing to so many people, would just bless people and unlock doors like no other. But, but that word ask means to place a demand upon a supply. It's a, it's a very, it's not just a passive, oh, yeah, let's just ask God. What do you think? Should we ask God? Well, I guess it wouldn't hurt. Oh, yeah, let's just pray about it. Yeah, because we've done everything else. I guess we might as well just pray. Dear God, if it's your will, I hope that, you, you know, that you would just. Now, the, the word ask, it's like that woman with the issue of blood. She fought her way to get to Jesus. She said in her heart, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be made whole. And as soon as she got to him on her knees, on her hands and knees, she touches the hem of his garment. She's asking, she's putting a demand upon the supply of healing. The well, the living water started to flow. The anointing started to flow. And he goes, he stops and he goes, who touched me? The disciples go, are you serious? Who touched you? Look at all these people. They're, they're crowded in. You, so it's, it's crowd control here. And you say, who touched me? It's a demand on the power supply. God wants you to ask. He wants you to place a, a demand on that power. He wants you to extinguish the excuses. The water from the well will put the fire of whatever excuse that you have that's stopping you from having a testimony, that's stopping you from going bigger, that's stopping you from uh, being obedient and stepping out in faith. That, that well water will put the extinguisher on those excuses. Today, I'm asking you today, let's just get some extinguishers out and let's just put some water on the excuses that you might have. I, I uh, growing up, I grew up on an island uh, called Gros Seal, means big island in French. And we had a, uh, we had a canal flowing through our backyard that kind of went right down the middle uh, of, of the island. So we had a boat and uh, a boathouse and all of that. My dad worked for Ford Motor Company and he, uh, he had a big idea. Instead of watering our lawn through, uh, you know, through the, the water company or, or council or whatever and paying the, the rates for that, he got a pump and he put it in the backyard right on the canal next to the boathouse. And then he got a fire hose from, that was from uh, Ford Motor Company. I think they were selling an old fire hose from like 20s or something like that. And then uh, he hooked that up to the pump. And so we would, we would spend our, our off time, <laughs> brothers and I, <clears throat> moving this fire hose around water in the lawn. But one thing about that pump, that you, you could turn it on as an electric pump and no water would come out. It was like eh, 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 eh. And it had a big metal basin on the top of the pump. And you had to put water out of the canal, a bucket, pour it into the big basin on the top of the pump, then turn a valve so the water would start to flow, and then turn it on at the right time. You had to do something called priming the pump. If you didn't prime the pump, then no water was going to come out of that canal and water the lawn, the, the, the fire hose wouldn't get full water, and, and et cetera, et cetera. 
Sometimes we need to prime the pump when it comes to what God's asked us to do. When it comes to drawing and getting the things of the Spirit, it's like this. He says, those who want mercy, be merciful. If, if you want whatever you want, he says this. He says, you want friends, be friendly. In other words, be a friend to somebody else. Prime the pump in your life. Whatever you have, give that away. Sometimes that's just the seed that's in your hand. Sometimes it's like that little boy with the fishes and the loaves. What do you got in your hand? Sometimes it's like David. What do you got, David? It's got some stones and a sling. Good. I will use that. Prime it. Throw it. Put it in the sling. Get rid of it. Whatever it is that you've got in your hand is probably something that God's saying, prime the pump of faith right now. The well will start to pour out. You've just got to put something in just to prime it. All of us have a measure of faith. The Bible says that to everyone has been given the measure or some translations say a measure of faith. Whatever that is that God's giving you, that little bit, give it away, use it, and then you'll find that all of these things will happen. Sometimes we, we have excuses like, oh, I'm just not good enough, or like that woman, oh, I'm a woman and I'm a, a Samaritan. You know, why are you asking me? Listen to 2 Corinthians 13, 4. We're going to close in a minute. But he says this. He says, for to be sure, he, Jesus, was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, this is for you. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him in our dealing with you. In other words, God's given you power, even though you're weak, even though your excuse might be, I'm too weak, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm a male, I'm a female, I'm whatever, whatever, whatever. God's given the power, uh, his power on the inside of you to do what you can't do. Quit trying to get what you already got. You already are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Quit trying to base it upon your performance. Drop the excuses. They'll all fall off when you realize that the well contains his power, stuff that you just don't have. Oh, I feel so tired. Well, good. Jesus is your strength. Well, I don't see any way out. Good. Jesus is your light. Well, I, I'm, I'm out of options, Pastor Ed. Good, because he says I'm the way. Yeah. Well, I just don't feel love. You, you, you know, I don't know about this love. He is perfect love, and he's on the inside of you. Go to your well. Go inside. Draw well water from that well. Peace is the same thing. Isaiah 12, 3 says this. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells, plural, of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among his people. Make mention that of his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Sometimes the best way to prime the pump is to show up to church and worship when you don't feel like it. There have been times where I've dragged myself in here and I think, man, you know, I've had such a bad week. Sometimes physical illness has hit me before I've preached. I think, ah, oh, who can I call? Nobody. <laughs> Gotta show up and do it. But I get into worship. And when I don't feel like it, I prime the pump of my heart because I know there's a well in there. 
I need to draw, you need to draw water from the wells, plural, of salvation. Whatever you need saving from right now, there is a well with that name on it to save you from that situation. Would you prime the pump? So I, I lift my hands when I don't feel like it. I open up my mouth and I start singing the, 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 the song. Even if I don't know the words, I just start singing the, the song. I make up the words if I have to, but I'm priming the pump. I'm try, I, I know that as soon as I put that little bit in, that just the obedience of faith, God's going to meet me right there. And you know, it's not very long before I find myself caught up in the Spirit of God, before I find myself healed when I'm sick, before I find myself with ideas when I didn't have any ideas, where there was no wisdom. All of a sudden, I prime the pump and wisdom starts to flow. God wants to bless your socks off this morning. Are you ready to drop and extinguish your excuses today, whatever those things are that's holding you back from operating and acting upon the things of God that God has shown you. Let's just get the water flowing of the Spirit today. Let's drop those things. Let's go out and have a great testimony in at least one thing that God's shown you in life. Amen. Prime the pump. I want to finish. Yeah. You know, he says, if you'd have known, I'm about to close. If you'd have known, you'd have asked me. Faith does something amazing. It exposes what you don't know. Imagine if, if you knew then what you know now. Imagine, I don't know, 10, 10 years even, if you knew that Microsoft was going to be a big company or Apple or Google or whatever, almost any of them, to be honest. Imagine if you knew then what you know now. Ha, 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 back to the future stuff, like, <sighs> well, faith wants to reveal things right now that are hidden. God wants to, he wants to illuminate some things and he, and he does that through faith. He shows you that through his word. But then you go with your excuse. Oh, yeah, but. Look, if I, if I knew that, if I knew for sure that Apple was gonna, I don't know, multiply 10 times or 100 times over, whatever it's done, you know, look at the curve. If I knew that 10 years ago, there would be nothing to stop me from putting everything into that. Seriously. You'd be mad. You know, I'd sell the house. I'd, I'd do anything. I'd, I'd borrow to do it. I'd beg people, give me your money. I'll guarantee in 10 years you're going to get that back and a whole lot more. If, have you ever done that? If I'd have only known. Oh, if I'd have only known, I would have. Well, there's something that you can never say. You'll never be able to say this when you're operating by faith. Are you ready for it? This is something that will never come out of your mouth if you step out in faith. And that is, I could have. I'll let that register with you. Or I would have. Or I should have. When you step out in faith and you act upon what God shows you, you will never utter those words, I should have. You know why? Because you did. 
You can't, you can't say I should have in something that you did. You can't say I could have in something that you did. You can't say I would have. When you act in faith, you never have to worry about regret. You never have to worry and go to your grave and go, oh, you know, I just wish that I had. I could have. I could have done so much more. I should have done so much more. I would have done so much more. But these excuses, if you operate and act in faith, you can eliminate regret out of your life. So these excuses, I want you to close your eyes right now wherever you're at, unless you're driving a car <laughs> or flying a plane. But I want you just to, for a moment, what is it perhaps, I'd like our music team to come up, thanks. What is it right now that you just know God showed you something. It may not invest in a company or something like that, but God showed you something. Maybe it even took your breath away. Maybe it's just something as simple as praying for somebody that had a need, but you rationalized it and you talked yourself out of it. Your excuse got in the way. Faith couldn't form because it needs the right temperature. It needs the power, the force of God's spirit, the water to flow. If you've identified something, I, I want you right now, if there's, if there's a chance that you can still act upon, whatever that is, I want you to walk out of here with the determination, I am going to carry that assignment out. God showed me to do this. He's given me a word on that. I am going to carry that assignment out. I'm not going to go to my grave and go, I should have, I could have, I would have. I'm going to step out and act so that I can say, I did that. I did it. And here's my testimony. If you're here this morning, there's probably things that God's even going to show you today. Because <laughs> you've been in an atmosphere of faith and worship. God's going to show you something. Perhaps it's going to be a cistern that's broken that you got to get rid of. Relying on money and success and fame or sex or whatever addictions or whatever you got going there, it's a broken cistern. Don't try to mend it. Just turn to the well on the inside of you. It's not a cistern, it's a well. Plenty more where that came from. God wants to bless you so much. It all starts with the decision to believe and trust God. With every head bowed, every eye closed in here, and if you're watching online, I want to give you a chance to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. The fear of God, it says, is the beginning of wisdom. To know there is a judge, and by saying there isn't one, it doesn't eliminate that. To know there is a Savior that saved you from that, he wants to save you right now that you can draw water out of the wells of salvation. His name is Jesus. He's your advocate. He's your lawyer on your defense, so to speak. He sticks up for you and sticks closer than a brother. If you want to ask him into your heart right now, it's a simple prayer that we're going to pray to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. If you pray this, it's the start of the most amazing relationship of eternal life. So I'm going to invite everybody here and everybody watching online to pray this prayer and just mean that in your heart 
God will hear that prayer. He'll answer that. Say this after me. Say, say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to save me from my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. I thank you right now. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we would like to know. So if you'd like to email us at city-church.com, uh, please do that and let, let us know. We'll try to help you get a church, uh, find a church wherever you live. You can certainly keep on uh, watching our broadcast. We, I really encourage you to go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, City Church, Sunshine Coast. All the previous messages uh, uh, on there, especially this Faith Formation series, go back to the beginning uh, where we talked about substance abuse. Abuse, faith is a substance. Last week, uh, irresistible. And you can catch this message, uh, extinguishing your excuses as well. But please do that. Share these with a friend. If you know anybody at all that needs what we've talked about uh, this morning or any of the previous messages, the good thing, it's all free. You can share that with somebody and spread the word. God bless you. Thank you so much for uh, being part of this worship service today. And I hope to see you next week. God bless you. And uh, thank you so much for turning up. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.